You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage one of us.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Well, it has been a while. Well, not a while since we've seen David Cronenberg. I mean, it's a few like seven or eight years since the last Cronenberg, I want to say. Um, but it's been a while, but it has been a really long time since we've seen double underline, triple exclamation point, David Cronenberg. Oh, yes. Because after his film Existence, which by the way, I completely adore. But, uh, 1999. <laughs> oh, not for you, Tessa? I've seen it. I don't know if I love it. I oh. might have to watch it again, but it definitely stuck with me. Cronenberg is... Well, that's... You could define everything in his career from there till existence as just that, where it's like... First time you see it, you go like, well, I'm never going to forget that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I felt about it, but I've never seen anything like it. And then you see it a second time. You're like, okay, I love this forever. <laughs> I guess we're done with the review. That's it, everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> that could, that arguably might sum up crimes of the future. And we're not talking about his, uh, his student film under the same name he made very early in his career, which mm-hmm. is recently was made available on a criterion release of, and I'm blanking on which one, one of his films. Um, Crash, maybe. No, no. Uh, I think it was on the. Might, uh, I think it was might on have the, been Videodrome. Maybe it was probably on the Videodrome. Oh, they had yeah. a couple of his student shorts. But yeah, right. This is just the title. This is something he wrote over twenty years ago, and he yeah. took the title of a short film he made like forty years ago. Yeah, uh, and you know he, for whatever reason, and I've never been particularly clear on it. He never like declaimed body horror, which you know I would argue was pretty much invented by David Cronenberg. And I can't really think of any competitors in the field, really, where I would say, like, nobody really... You can have films with a lot of gushy body-type stuff, but nobody really gets the psychosexual, techno-organic weirdness of body horror. That's what he that, does so differently, is that yeah. he... He builds in like the sexuality with it as well. He's just really interested in how our bodies react to it from p- pain and pleasure. You can you can argue that like Hellraiser's yeah, I was gonna go there. Toes in there a little <laughs> bit, sure, a little bit, but in a different way. Yeah, uh, you know, because uh, his Cronenberg uh, stuff with it is always very personal with people's relationship with that. Yeah, and. Existence was, like I said, the last movie that sort of delved into some of those themes. After that, he did a lot of films that were you know, set in the real world. <laughs> you know, he even did a, a, a sort of imaginative what if biopic about Freud. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, like, that's yeah. right. Yeah, like, okay. He moved more into psychological horror or thrillers or dramas. He did that really. for a little while. Well, he mainly he explored the doing, body and now he was exploring the mind. He's mainly doing dramas that explore philosophy, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, 
And I gotta say, I really disliked most of them. <laughs> Sorry. As a guy who's like a lifelong Cronenberg fan and like love every single one of those, like his original run of films, I, I think everything after, um, Eastern Promises is not very good. Yeah. The, the history of violence and Eastern Promises are pretty damn great. And then like Maps to the Stars and then, uh, Cosmopolis and like, Ugh, yikes. Cosmopolis. Like, war fest yeah absolutely and when he announced yeah fuck it okay fine i hear you i'm going back to body hard because i <laughs> kind of have this script that is sitting around for a while right. <laughs> like, give us what we want yeah. cronenberg he's got the script that was originally supposed to be the film after <laughs> exist and yeah. for it just he couldn't get the financing or something for it i'm not clear like well, nicholas was like uh gross <laughs> stop first please. off even for you this is going pretty far right. <laughs> uh, i think they had to wait 20 years before somebody says Look, we really aren't interested in this stuff that you want to do. They're like, well, what about you do one of those body horrors the kids love? And he's like, fine. I think I have this script that I've had at my desk for 20 years. I'll just brush that off. Well, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't say he came about it half assed and he went, Hey, who's that guy? The last movies people liked that I did that everyone loved. Oh yeah. Vigo Mortensen. Let's get him back for the role that originally Nicolas Cage was cast in for the record. Boy, that would have been a different movie. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, that, I don't know. This I'm... is crimes of the future, which got both a huge walkout and a standing ovation at Cannes. Neither of which is, un, is unheard of. I mean, I think like, Ads when they play, people like do standing ovations and walk out at cans. It's just like uh, you hear about it every movie. You're like, oh, there was a huge walkout, but also a seven minute standing ovation. Yeah, like they uh, stood up for an hour and forty five minutes <laughs> clapping. It's like wow. they were clapping for all the people who were leaving. Yay, they're going, they're leaving. Yay, that guy wouldn't get off his back. phone. <laughs> just just standing and slowly backing out of the room, clapping the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's like it I enjoyed ways. it, but I'm creeped out. Bye. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, Crimes of the Future, I was excited as hell to see this thing, and joining me for this review are... Right. What was that up? I don't know. Um, I was feeling like I wanted to introduce myself that like way. a Simpsons character all of a sudden. It's a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> it's Marco. All hail the new flesh. And Tessa is also here. <laughs> She's waving her arms around, but you can't see that. Yeah, so. I'm a Muppet. Anyways. Still trying to figure out this also, whole Also, my flesh thing. is decidedly not new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm bad at the old sex. <laughs> Best line in the movie. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this follows Le Sadu and uh, Viggo Mortensen, who are very famous performance artists. They're a couple. She was originally a trauma surgeon when they met. And they live in a very odd, well, this is probably not the way the future would actually happen, a very Cronenbergian type future where it's like, for whatever reason, most people just stop feeling pain. They can definitely still feel pleasure, yeah. but they stop feeling like the bad part of pain. And as they mentioned just in passing, there's no such thing as infections anymore. So, like, you can cut yourself all day. You don't have to worry about getting infected. Like, nothing, that will not happen. Yeah. At the same time, there's this weird thing happening where some people are spontaneously growing new organs in their body. Most notably here, Viggo Mortensen's character, Saul, uh, Saul Tenser, who that's kind of their gig. They do the thing where he starts growing a new organ, and then they do a performance art piece where they put him inside of this crazy bioorganic autopsy machine and cut out cut him open and remove the organ for everyone to see and everyone like claps politely and ooh and it's obviously very 
sensual experience for everyone involved, which, you know, I say obviously. You, you just have to believe me in the context of the film it is. <laughs> you know those people on YouTube who actually make money doing, like, pimple popping and earwax removal videos? <laughs> Imagine that times a billion. <laughs> it feels like a... um uh, eyes wide shut, like where people are just like watching people uh, mm-hmm. fuck in the mansion, and it's the same thing here. But they're not; they're, no one's like you know jerking off or anything. Yeah. They're just like either cutting themselves or just like oh my. They're erotically just overwhelmed, even more so than anything you would see in Eyes Wide Shut. The yeah, point where yeah. it's like a, a just a overwhelming compulsion when they experience the feeling of watching someone else do it to start doing it to themselves, and yeah. not like and because this isn't really a horror movie; it's a science fiction grotesquerie would be a, maybe a better way sure. of saying it because it's not trying to be scary on any level. No, it's also kind of like a. A crime thriller in a way too well, yeah there's that whole yeah. side of it as well but the whole uh people don't feel pain anymore and so their their senses are dulled i guess and sensation is dulled they don't feel pain so everybody's getting off on severely hurting themselves but they don't feel pain yeah, so surgeries. Every- yeah surgeries and stuff so that's the new sex like the the heightened like they where they can't feel pain the most extreme thing they can do to themselves feels good now. Yeah, it's, it's like they've dulled and numbed themselves. Super extreme body modification, yeah. like a, to the level where, yeah, it's just straight up people. And with no fear of infection, the dangers are obviously significantly I mean, this less. This just proves that David Cronenberg is from a country that has socialized medicine. <laughs> <laughs> because if you wanted to get off in this country through surgery, it would be so prohibitively expensive. True. Nobody would only, ever get only, That's the new Kardashian <laughs> show, so. Only they can afford to do it. (laughs) It's a a world full of uh, basically uh, sensation addicts. Yeah, which he has dealt with before, no question. Multiple, multiple times in his films, just in different aspects of it. But there's all these other weird things happening, too. Like, as Tessa pointed out, there's this is sort of like secret organization within secret organization within like a government agency that's trying to stop secret organizations that are going on and people working secretly for other groups and and beauty every, pageants everybody has like a yeah, no, yeah internal beauty pageant beauty, pageant. Right. beauty pageants. Yeah. <laughs> by the way if your secret organization is the national organ registry and you don't really want it to get out there because you're not officially on the books yet Maybe you shouldn't write that on the office door. Just <laughs> it's one of the most confusing things about it. Like, yeah. but wait, but wait, you huh? don't want to be known, but also thank God they found us, right? So I think it kind of comes want down to, to register your the organs, group, sorry. the National Organ, Organ Registry feels like, you know, it feels like a group is like selling sort of weed before weed is legal you know they're selling the delta eights and they're like but they got like bongs and stuff too there it's a head shop it's a water pipe okay where they think the law is gonna end up going but here's the real problem is this government agency is like look our issue here is not with people doing body modifications and all that stuff our issue is this whole thing with people spontaneously growing organs because we're starting to see evidence that the human race is evolving in not a good way like they're evolving to where they're just not human 
humans anymore and we're very concerned about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the secret organization underneath this whole thing is a group that's like, no, this is a good thing that this is happening. And then you have kind of Viggo Mortensen in the middle who's like, my whole gig is growing organs, but then removing them publicly. So where I do don't I know. Fall on this? Yeah. <laughs> where do I fall on this? Mm-hmm. And I know this all sounds insane and crazy and hard to follow. And it is. Yep. No question. But by the end, I didn't feel like there was anything I went, oh, I don't know what happened or I didn't get how that works. It's all in Cronenberg's weird alternate reality world. I mean, this is not supposed to be like, oh, this is what could happen in our future. This is not a world he's presenting. It's this twisted Cronenberg version of a of a very sort of retro future. It's very retro. And this is the first film that he's ever done where I feel like. He's not repeating himself. He's finding new variations on these themes that he has explored multiple times before. But as you guys were listing off all the things that this was reminding you from his canon, this is the first time where it it kind of feels like a greatest hits record. Like, hey, everybody liked that last album, so I'm kind of going to do that. You're going to still have some bangers on there, but you're going to definitely feel some similarities. And I think you said it yourself, Chris. After X Extends, he really walks away from that kind of genre filmmaking. Mm -hmm. But because this is a screenplay that has been around for over 20 years, it feels like a natural continuation of what he was doing in X Extends. Mm -hmm. But it also makes it feel decidedly retro and backwards looking. And, you know, it feels like if you told me this movie came out in 1998, I'd be like, yes, that tracks. You could see that. Yeah. I mean, exception, of course, the cast, some of which would have been babies. But right. Uh, you know, speaking of Kristen Stewart, has a small but like really interesting performance in here is Tim Lin, who's a one of the, the investigator with the National Oregon Registry, who is really into Viggo Mortensen, <laughs> just obsessed with the idea of what they're doing. And what I what I love about this is that all the 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 side characters uh, beyond there's like a cop and a couple other people uh, are just so just enamored with the idea of uh of how you can be doing this to yourself and and i guess not also imagining if they could feel pain again just it's like it's a world where they don't feel anything anymore except Mm -hmm. for i guess just pleasure i guess yeah i mean it is a horrible nightmare (laughs) (laughs) this dystopian future it's nothing (laughs) a bunch of dark men over here man i woke up this morning with my back hurting man wouldn't it be much better if i felt like my nipples were being licked (laughs) but no i have to i get early morning back pain a world with with only pleasure and no pain only david cronenberg would go let's look at the ramifications of that (laughs) and you know, what would that lead people to do? To what extremes would people go to? Because David Cronenberg has always explored that line between pain and pleasure and also revulsion and attraction. I mean, David Cronenberg is the kind of guy, I bet his doctor's like, oh shit, it's Cronenberg. <laughs> what's, what's it going to be? He's like, his David, therapist? I have your biopsy. He's like, may I keep it? Oh. It's rather quite beautiful when you hold it in the light, don't you think? The guy's house is just like pictures of all the moles he's had removed. And David, stuff. it's yeah. killing you. I know, but this thing that's happening to my body is also kind of fascinating. <laughs> I'm watching my flesh putrefy. He's always been interested in the idea of the body growing new organs and stuff like Mm -hmm. this. And I, you know, whereas we both agree, uh, uh, Marco, that this is definitely filled with things that are bits and pieces, either tonally or specifically from his, all his previous films. I don't 
look at I don't I look at it as sort of a grand culmination more than anything. It's more like oh, this feels like a thesis piece for David Cronenberg of his whole career. I never felt like I watching tired stuff we've already seen before. I was like, oh, this is you. We've watched you build all these ideas, and now you sort of have come out with this. Admittedly, I wish more expensively produced, but still magnum opus of your ideas of the whole body. Like, this is, there's like the surgery and the weird instruments from Dead Ringers, and there is the spy stuff from Existence and from Naked Lunch and and Scanners, and there's the pain and sexuality of Videodrome and and the techno-organic stuff, which is everywhere in this, because that's sort of this background level thing here of both Naked Lunch and uh, uh, Existence. I mean, almost every, the more we talked about it, the more we're like, oh yeah, and this is from that. Oh yeah, and this is from that. Yeah, yeah. And you but even got the- Viggo Mortensen from Eastern Promises and History of Violence. So, you yeah. know, it just kind of is like this, this topper to everything where I felt like this is the film that he wanted to make to end his career in body horror to go like, this is my final statement. But, but this is also <laughs> the one time where I felt like the themes, the imagery are all there. And first rate as always, but for the first time, I felt like the the screenplay, the dramatic, the dramaturgy, isn't living up to the themes and the imagery that he's putting on display. Because all those other movies you just talked about, I think, are better than this one. Hmm. What do you guys think of the costuming choice for Viggo Mortensen's character? Is he supposed to look like Death from like what the Seventh Seal or something? <laughs> or maybe he's I'm supposed about. to be a Jedi. I don't know. Are Jedi or, or a Sith? Or I mean, the idea is that like Palpatine. he's it, he's an oddball character because most of the characters in here are actually young, played by much younger people, mm-hmm. and he's definitely one of the oldest actors in in this, and he is. Very ill, clearly. Like, he constantly talks in this rasp, and he can barely breathe, it seems like. Oh, he's he's like, always coughing. Like, can't swallow. Sounds like me during Austin allergy season. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and he, uh, he, in fact, does experience pain, but this is feels like it's associated in some level with his experience of being one of those people who can grow new organs and mm. is doing it sort of like without any modification, without meaning for it to happen. It's happening, yeah. you know? Uh <clears throat> I, it's never really clear why he's someone who does, but he doesn't dislike it. Whenever it's referred to, he's like, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The way that, uh, he and Caprice like speak about like what they're doing, it's always very in an odd way, like appreciation and pragmatic hmm. about what they're talking about, which just sounds just like Cronenberg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and them just like, I find it very fascinating what's happening in my body and, and also things that they don't like about it and like what they're wanting to do to uncover of like what's happening. And, uh, yeah, I, the, the ending of this, the, the film of like what it suggests is what I think is, uh, the subtext for all of it is what we're evolving to yeah, other I- than just like, uh, uh, biologically but also just as humans in general and I mean, like our mindset and not, oh my god we're all becoming performance artists i mean it's <laughs> talk about a terrible future it's certainly not as dark the very very ending as video drum but sets for theater <laughs> yeah, right. yeah but i've been around those people and i don't want every single one of them to be like that. and you know you an entire world of your theater class do you want that no i've just nothing but theater nerds i've both been a theater person and known a lot of theater people and once you stop being a theater person enough time passes and you just hang out with theater nerds you're like was i like that <laughs> yes. Yes, yes yes you, you were. were yeah you were uh, no the ending the very very ending was like 
it has a video drum feel to it in a it way does. too. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, this is a long live the new flesh moment yeah. kind of, yeah. you know. Um, oh, another thing that you're like, yeah, this is just definitely feels like everything else. We're like, like it feels like he was saying all these other movies are just rough drafts for what I'm trying to say here. And I certainly don't think this is a better film than all of those other films. It's better than some of them. Yeah, you know, I mean, the only one I can't think of anything that this reminds me of is The Fly. I'm like, yeah, I can't think of any way The Fly connects. But The Fly was also a kind of work for hire project that he admittedly did a fantastic how, job how on. How was but, the script, Chris? Uh, when did he write this? Yeah, this was way back in 2003 when it was originally supposed to set production. So I believe he was working on it already, the script, and when he was doing Existence. Okay, yeah, because it's still pretty prescient even now. Like, as far as the theme goes with humanity becoming numb hmm. and us just hurting ourselves and getting off on it. Yeah. yeah. And just like the social commentary that's going on there with just that on a very like surface level. Like that's not a deep dive in what we're being kind no. of given here as far as interpretation goes, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and then also one of the other scenes later when they're talking about, you know, we're basically feeding our children poison and, and poisoning our kids and, mm. you know, with things that have been happening recently. Um, but yeah, and just also just talking about the environment and how we're just poisoning ourselves. And so it's it's pretty timely, even though he wrote it back, what, 2003? He did apparently a pretty massive rewrite on it before he oh, went okay. into production well, on this. Fair. So, but, you know, the base ideas were all there okay. for sure. Uh, and let me be clear here for people who are like, yeah, this does all sound grody, but like, I think I could handle it. Oh, my dear. Can you, though? Because it's a Cronenberg film, and, uh, you know, they try to hide, but it's too late. I've seen everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Patrick no, there Stewart are definitely said. moments where it's like, <laughs> whew. Uh, but <laughs> I, I was, I was talking to a, a buddy, uh, Eric, uh, actually on the a car ride here, and, uh, I, it's, maybe this is because now I'm desensitized to a lot of things, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as intense as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, cause there is still things like if you're up for Cronenberg, then it's like, okay, I got it. You're and down to and clown. you've seen things <laughs> like this in, in horror movies anyway and, and other films, like just yeah. action movies for God's sakes. Like, it's like if you've seen intestines, which that is more and more happening, uh, like in movies yeah. uh, all the time. Like if you've seen that, like, I got it. Yeah. Uh, but there are, I think th- the more intense moments when it involves characters that uh and the idea of uh of the context around it the the gore is disturbing because of the context not because of the gore in and of itself exactly exactly people screaming that their intestines get ripped open is is gross watching them get off on it is disturbing it's unsettling like there's a sequence where a character's stomach has a zipper put in it and another (laughs) character unzips their stomach and then starts licking around inside of Basically them. Basically giving the stomach a blowjob. Yeah, I was like, okay, even for me, this is a bit much. <laughs> it's, it's a little intense. But, but let's get a final thoughts. Hey, Tessa, you want to start this one off? Oh, oh, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a while since we've had a, a body horror Cronenberg film. I, I went in being like, all right, I'm ready for anything. And then that zipper scene happened. I was like, wasn't quite ready for that, but sure, why not? <laughs> um, I, I really liked the social commentary, um, and, and what he had to say with it. Um, I would like to maybe give another watch. Uh, it kind of suffers from having a, like, maybe too many different moving parts and plot points. I wasn't 
quite following some of. Like I was I was along for the ride for sure. But there was like a whole like some assassins, there's like the government, there's like these cops and people undercover and like double agents and like this registration thing with the rules. Like you guys said, it was like, why is this a registry? They want everyone to register their wacky organs, but they're also secret. Then how do you, anyways? <laughs> yeah, it suffered from a little bit of, uh, issues there as far as like things kind of tracking or making sense. If that's something you can even do with Cronenberg, I guess. Um, but I, I feel like overall I enjoyed it. Um. <laughs> Wow. I think I've never be, heard your voice get that eye in All the reviews before. like, I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, I liked it. Um, and maybe I'd give it another shot. Definitely don't watch this with like your mom or your grandma or your <laughs> no, kids. Unless or they're super cool. On a date. Um, I mean, maybe well, if the theater serves like tripe. Sure, why not? Um, but yeah, I'll probably give this seven out of 10 mom tattoos. <laughs> oh, nice. Marco? <clears throat> David Cronenberg has never been a pretentious filmmaker, despite his intellectual background. This is the first film where I don't think he's being pretentious at all, but it is so talky, and because he doesn't have the budget to really build out this world and to kind of piggyback off of what Tessa was saying, it, it feels like the script doesn't really... Con- cohere at times it seems like kind of a skeleton just to hang all of these philosophical conversations on it's for the first time in a while i felt slightly disappointed uh i still enjoyed it i still think it's interesting i think it feels like an artifact from the 90s and i think the production design emphasizes that it's a crumbling world everybody's just using you know old cathode ray tube televisions and All of his films have always kind of dealt with these themes, but also existed at a time with state-of-the-art technology, even while he introduces his weird, strange, organic, squicky stuff into it. This is the first film he's made in a while that does feel prescient, but it doesn't feel of this moment to me. It Mm. feels like something he wrote 20 years ago. I guess what I'm saying is I would really like to see this be a stepping stone to another phase in Cronenberg's evolution where he's tackling the technology we have now, the concerns we have now, the anxieties we have now. I really look forward to that film. And I hope that this just goes to show him that fans still want this from him. I hope he takes the reception of this as a good sign that, yeah, this is still a rich vein uh, that I can continue to explore and remain relevant. And I look forward to that. Uh, I'm going to give this... Seven out of ten purple candy bars. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Both of those already. God damn it. All right. Okay, let me bring this home. Uh, um, (laughs) I've I've always really been a big fan of Cronenberg, and I feel the same way, uh, Chris, the past like two or three haven't been the the best in the world. This little overwrought and and very talky, as you're talking about, Marco, too. Like, Cosmopolis is a huge offender of that. Um, But... I I feel like um for the the, the minor complaints about uh it reminding us it almost feels like in an odd way nostalgia bait for Cronenberg uh yes. but also I I still dug it because it's still a lot of the same uh, ideas and topics that he likes to discuss and I find that extremely fascinating and uh and if you 
really understand a lot of his world building, it's not going to be too, too confusing, but I do agree to like, you have to almost like watch it a second time. Like finally, when I watched like Naked Lunch a second or third time, I was like, Oh, okay. Now I'm kind of getting it. Um, cause there, like you were saying, Tessa, there's so many odd subplots that are happening. There's like, wait, I, it's not as straightforward as you would want it to be. Oddly enough, in a lot of his newer films that are not like body horror stuff, but I, uh, I still dug it quite a bit, uh, and it wasn't as, uh, as intense as I thought it was going to, to be, because I was really mentally prepping myself for this today. I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, but then again, I'm just like, oh, cans, walkouts. <laughs> like, I've heard of walkouts before, and then I was like, I got to see it, and I was like, what's going on? Here? I-, I saw a Russian doll man birthing scene last month, and so on for like a half an hour. I think I can handle yeah, this. Yeah, I was like, I can do this. Watch society. I've seen a Serbian Wait a minute, film. Get a the Russian- fucking line. Oh, uh, Jesus, no. But. I, I loved all the performances. I thought Kristen Stewart's character, the way that she, uh, performed it in a very whispery voice, I thought was just an interesting choice and it still worked because she was so like nebbish, but also was like, I just want to fuck you and also cut you open and cut me open. <laughs> uh, it was very, again, all of it was very strange, but, uh, don't kink shame. Don't kink shame. <laughs> yeah. This is the, these are all the ultimate kinks. Uh, but, I, uh, I really did enjoy it. I, I thought it was just a great return to form and really interesting ideas. And, uh, it was never boring, which is good. And it was filmed beautifully. And yeah, definitely lower budget, but all the product production design that he put to it and having Howard Shore do the music as well again, mm-hmm. thought it was all, it worked really well. So I'm going to give it, uh, eight out of 10. Oh, I'm just going to be that asshole. Long live the, the new fleshes. <laughs> See, I was worried. I was like, oh, they took the other two obvious ones. I can't believe Wright didn't take the other one. So I'm so glad you didn't. Because I bitch. will. Uh, and oh, uh, I'm going to go and say that I'm Cronenberg is one of my favorite directors of all time. I'm a really big horror fan. I like stuff that makes me feel deeply uncomfortable, but that makes me think at the same time. Challenging. That, that's challenging, indeed. And his stuff is all challenging, but it's also very accessible the same time assuming you have strong enough of a stomach for it all yeah because it's a lot his films are a lot but they're very confrontational in the most interesting way and i don't think this is any exception i think there's a difference it you definitely feel the lack of a budget here in some ways obviously almost everything was spent on the gore special effects of what they the surgery and things like that because the settings are all much like an existence like crumbling decaying lo- locales it feels like they spent almost they just they they went to a, a city that had been abandoned and just filmed they went there. to greece which yeah. is economically collapsed but yeah that's why they got the money to go right <laughs> uh, it's not as visually interesting with any of the other aspects as i wish it was i, w- I kind of wish that like this is a alternate reality it's the near future the clothing's not all that interesting the set design there's not much to it it's like it's not real pretty to look at but the ideas are here for sure and they are just so classically Cronenberg in a way that nobody could have made this movie but David Cronenberg that's the thing about his films every one of his films you go literally no one else could have made this movie yeah like you would you could they could try and you'd go like, eh, that's not as good. Like even his son, Brandon Cronenberg, has made two films that both have like a tinge of David Cronenberg. Mm. Like especially the second one, you're like, you're really trying to make a film like your dad, but I would never in a billion years mistake it for one of your dads. Well, because he doesn't know how to shoot like Cronenberg because he uses wide so well. 
and he uses wide lenses uh, for close-ups mm. and he does these like really stark uh like two shots of mm-hmm. going back and forth these angles when people were talking and it's so again it's like in your face it's so uh intimate he is uh incredible director and i think that this is maybe maybe even he was a little uncomfortable and nervous about returning to this this field that he hadn't done for so long mm-hmm. and worried that maybe people wouldn't accept him for it again after all this time I mean, we're definitely in a era that has become a little bit more cringy a little bit more afraid to step outside of what's considered to be comfortable and okay and this definitely steps outside of those fields in multiple, multiple ways i mean it literally starts with someone murdering their own child like this movie so right off the bat it's like if this ain't for you you better leave now because it's just gonna get fucked more fucked up from here right <laughs> trust me we ain't seen the last of bad things happening to that child oh, God. <laughs> Uh, but I really, I was fascinated throughout this whole thing. I loved, uh, the, the score here, which is by Howard Shore, who I believe has done the bulk of David Cronenberg's films. Not all of them. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like one he didn't do. Him and, uh, he's done Peter Jackson stuff. Yeah. And, uh, terrific yeah. score by him. Terrific performances across the board. Um, yeah, I, I think this is really exceptional. I just hope that whatever he does, that this gets him to the point where people are excited enough about like, old Cronenberg again, like, oh, we're back to doing, it doesn't have to be body horror per se, but messing with genre, sci-fi, and then, you know, what these high ideas that he gets a really good budget to do something else next, because I, I I just want to see him continue to make movies. Yeah. Just keep making movies, David Cronenberg. He better, he's old as hell. Yeah, he's old as hell. <laughs> just keep doing it now while you still can. You and Hayao Miyazaki, you better start pumping the shit out, brothers. <laughs> oh, I, I, do I sense a collab? Because that would be Ooh. what I want. Oh. Like Hayao Miyazaki, David Cronenberg penned body horror for oh, anime. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the cutest, grossest movie ever. Exactly. I feel like Satoshi Kone would have been down to clown. Use <laughs> right. that phrase again. Uh, if he hadn't passed away from uh, pancreatic cancer. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I like Satoshi Kone. He was working on. Um, Pinocchio, like a, a robot boy Pinocchio film. It was well, called like... Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Tangent. Somebody put out a poster for... Uh, oh, God, what was for, for it? was like, called like Robot for, Dreams. For Pinocchio, where it was like the tagline was something like, I'm just obsessed with having all the human flesh. That's as Cronenberg as it gets. There you go. Yeah. Sure. Cronenberg's Pinocchio. Let's see that shit. I'm going to make a real live boy out of real live parts. parts. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give this eight and a half out of ten vibrating organic breakfast chairs. Oh, God damn it. Still don't see. You were like, how did you miss that? I don't know. I I thought it was too uh, specific, but so is purple candy bars and uh yeah mother but, but if you know t- like tessa was saying there are things in here that are like and and right agreeing with that that are just so like i don't really know i get everything what happened but there's parts i don't really understand that's one of the ones i'm like i still don't know what that was about. oh i get what it was about it was just poorly executed you well, think? See, yeah. you know what i like so like oh the- they've developed a chair that will help you in digesting and eating your food yet it feels like none of the actors knew how to work with it <laughs> They're like, some of them are just sitting there, some aren't. Well, no one can, but you know, that's the wonderful thing about this is like, even Kristen Stewart, who you just complimented on her performance, recently gave an interview where, like, the cast were talking amongst themselves, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, (laughs) literally none of them understood. She says, once I saw the finished film, I'm like, oh, I get it now. But 
every time someone looks kind of weird or confused or is like going on they some long, genuinely weird legitimately yeah, confused. some speech, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're just delivering. 